This is an indisputable fact. Uh, no one disputes the fact that Carl Dorsey was unarmed when he was shot and killed at near point-blank range by Detective Rod Simpkins of the Newark Police Department. Uh, in New Jersey, we have this independent prosecutor bill where if a police, if a local police person kills someone, then the state attorney general must take over that investigation. The state attorney general had this case for two years, and we didn't hear anything publicly. And then this week, almost on the same day that the officers that killed Tyree Nichols uh, uh, were charged, that day the grand jury came back with no bill, no indictment uh, for the officer that killed Carl Dorsey. So today at 11 a.m., uh, together with the family members of Carl Dorsey, their attorney, Robert Tarver, we're going to have a press conference at 11 a.m. in front of the Rodino Federal Building in Newark, 970 Broad Street in Newark, New Jersey, to demand that the U.S. attorney, the United States attorney for the District of New Jersey, Oops. Philip Selinger, we have five seconds. Launch, a, launch a civil rights investigation into the death of Carl Dorsey. Well, Larry Hamm, chair of the People's Organization for Progress, and D. Ray McKesson, civil rights activist, executive director of Campaign Zero. Thank you so much. I'm Amy Goodman. Thanks for joining us. KBOO Portland. KBOO Community Radio holds open meetings concerning the operations and programming of KBOO in accordance with the requirements of the Communications Act of 1934 and certification requirements of the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Information about KBOO Community Radio's open meeting policy is available at our website at kboo.fm. Due to the temporary closure of in-station activity at KBOO, meetings will be conducted online via public video conferencing unless otherwise noted. A public link and phone number to attend the meetings are available on our website. The Engineering Committee meets on the first Thursday of the month at 7 p.m. Please visit our website at kboo.fm to verify if a meeting Hi, is being Hi, this is Dwight Yoakum, and you're listening to KBOO. Good morning and welcome to More Talk Radio on your community radio station, KBOO.FM, 90.7 in Portland, 91.9 in Hood River, 104.3 in Corvallis, and via the World Wide Web, it is KBOO.FM. We are broadcasting on this day, the 30th day of January, 2023. I am Cecil Prescott and I... I'm joined by my co-host, Celeste, who's just settling in and, and, uh, and you know, for those of you in this area, it's, it's a really cold morning and, and Celeste is all bundled up with her, with a, I don't know, looks like you have a certain, I don't know, furry <laughs> I, I, I'm trying to describe your hat oh and it's a, it's an Australian style uh, trapper hat with the ear flaps and the fur which kind of looks like a Russian Yushanka but also more like the kind of Canadian style trapper hats uh, hey. I, I keep my dome warm. The brain needs to operate. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. Operator manual says the brain has a, a optimum uh, temperature at which it works. Mm -hmm. Well, good morning. How are you? I am. I am well. I'm grateful that um, I'm in a warm place. That I have shelter and food. So. All right. Yes, that is true. That is true. Yeah. Well. Um, this morning we had something planned which has been in some ways oops there went my headphones 
in some ways derailed by um, the unfortunate circumstances surrounding Tyree Nichols' treatment and subsequent passing. And excuse me if I'm using words that are are not there we go excuse me if I'm using words that are not real blunt in their transport and their and their meaning because I am I'm a woman of color and this is a this is a sad day on many levels for many people black people in this city black people in this state this country this world and so I'm going to protect my my senses in much the same way I protect my dome, my head, and, and buffer things because I have to function in this world and I have to continue to build bridges despite the, the pain inflicted, whether it is mental or emotional or physical pain directly or by proxy. And so, you know, I, I, I see no need to be very blunt and demonstrative in my language. Uh, but we're going we're gonna to address something that was put in place before even the event transpired, but is very much related to how we hope we can avoid what happened to Tyree Nichols in the future. Uh, first, though, the first half of the show will be directed and just, you know, if necessary, providing some um, venting. And, and, and bear in mind, we're only on our show, and Cecil and I uh, have, have other gigs, so there's only so much we can, we can help with in terms of our particular expertise and what the being on the air and the limitations of all of that medium. Uh, the second part of the show, we're going to talk about an opportunity to get involved in the Portland Police Bureau equity plan. And what that is, is a set of commitments and rules of engagement, evaluative uh, and accountability uh, processes that will address even some of the things that uh, Delray McKeeson mentioned uh, just previously on the air. This is one of these unfortunate confluences and convergences uh, in life where we didn't plan this knowing that the release of the footage was going to happen and the work that was done by our guests and and members of the equity team was done well before this but unfortunately um life happens the way it does and we respond to it and we hope we take that that point of confluence to have extra gravity to you know to encourage us to look for the best so I know that sounds kind of vague, but let me <laughs> just break it down to say it. At roughly 8.30, uh, we will have a guest, and we're going to talk about the, how the public can be engaged in the, um, the Police Bureau of Portland's uh, equity plan. Um, and it's an opportunity for you to attend a public meeting and to learn more about the equity plan and then add your insight, offer critique, review, etc. And we'll, we'll talk more about this. Now, talking about this does not preclude you having read or even heard about it. If you haven't heard anything about it, then this show is especially for you because um, we want to make sure that you know how you can participate. If you've heard about it, we're not here to answer questions. We're just trying to promote awareness of the upcoming meeting and then how you can access the equity plan, racial equity plan, 
uh, and how you can submit your insight input. Um, but to kick off the show, as I said, I know some people or have been probably waiting, what is Cecil and Celeste going to say about this? And so here we are. Oop, there goes the voice. <laughs> here we are. Um, I'm going to open the lines. And we want and we want to encourage people who don't normally call. If we if you call a lot, we know you. We know your heart. We know where you're coming from. And we don't want to abstractly politicize this and tie it to, you know, a, a lot of other causative issues like the economy or or the oppressive aspects of of capitalism or or we know police need reform you know we can talk a little bit about that but we just want to open the lines a little bit and then Cecil and I have some points if the conversation lags <laughs> rest assured we got stuff covered but uh what is our phone number Cecil our phone numbers are 503-231-8187. Give us a call again, um, 503-231-8187. And we will speak and hear from you on your thoughts and your reflections. And and uh, perhaps we should begin. Um, thank you for that introduction, um, Celeste. And... I th- I think it's important for all of us to to be to be aware and to take care of ourselves. And uh, Celeste and I were speaking about the uh, release of the video of the uh, lynching of Tyree, and how neither one of us um, have seen it. Um, and perhaps um, we might want to talk about that. But I think in part it's is for for me at least it's sort of like how much terror can can I take and it is painful I know it exists and it continues to happen and there is so much uh, so much pain and so much uh, violence and it for one's own well, you know, for one's own sanity and well-being, I'm just going to say, don't watch it. And it's unfortunate that the family members were subjected to having to watch it. And 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 I understand if it was my family person, my family member, a friend, any human being, there's a part of me that would want that closure. But um it is not humanity at its best. It is humanity at its absolute worst. And I want to say, if you are not the type of person to want to watch certain kinds of movie because of graphic content, then that would be why you wouldn't want to watch it. Uh, There's certain movies, Cecil and I have talked about this, and we've had guests on who have talked about, you know, the importance of seeing some movies. And I remember one guest exhorted that I really should see 12 Years a Slave, you know, and I told him, I don't think I'm going to. There are certain movies having seen once I will never see again or I will just not watch because I have to be able to function in society as it is. And I need to be able to call up compassion. I need to be able to um, hold um contesting contradictory ideas and thoughts in my mind with the some ability to create bridges and nuance and language so that I can do um, the work that I've done, you know, either on the air or community organizing or what have you. And you cannot do that when your soul is seared. And if you would not watch, you know, certain types of movies, certain slasher films, certain types of films because they're gory or graphic, then you're not going to want to see this. And I uphold your sanity and, and your right to do so. You know, it's really important that we recognize that there are certain things that once having you, once you have experienced them may change you for the worst. And, and go ahead. I, I would like to I recognize that it is a individual society's um, opinion in terms of when and how to to look 
and view these things. And right. I'm I'm also aware of the necessity of of having these things documented. And I um reminded of the insistence of Mamie Till in 1955 mm-hmm. after her son was brutally tortured and killed in Mississippi, how she insisted on him having an open casket so that um, the world might see what they did to her son. So I understand why it is important to have evidence and film evidence of of atrocities so that we may be aware and not uh, try to dismiss them. And so, but at the same time, we need to be careful about how we engage um, the purpose of it and whether or not it becomes um, almost like pornography. Yes. Uh, and, and so it's one thing for, for education, um, for, um, for inspiring people to take action. Uh, but it's uh, it's another thing when it uh, um, depowers you, make you unable to move and to take action. Um, again, it's an individual and community decisions about how do we respond to to violence and how do we uh, create an alternative world um, to live in. So, um, as we as we prepare for the rest of the show, let me give the phone number. It is five zero three eight one zero. No, 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 no. Oh, excuse me, two three one. Thank you. Five zero three two three And before we go to our caller, I do want to let you know you are listening to more talk radio here on your community connection kboo portland 90.7 here in the metro area 91.9 in um in the uh, columbia river gorge and the willamette valley 104.3 fm and everywhere www.kboo.fm uh let's go to our first caller and get uh john good morning Good morning. Thank you for your show. It's a very important subject, of course. Um, The reason I'm calling is I want to recommend a book that is blowing me away. Um, I live in rural Clark County, and as far as I know, the only uh, African-American fellow on on the road I live on has become my friend, and he gave me a copy of a book that uh, is so good. It's called Breaking Rank by Norm Stamper, a top cop's expose of the dark side of American policing is the subtitle. <clears throat> and uh, it's really well written, and it covers uh, all all the subjects relating to policing. And it's so well written, I can't recommend it enough. Have you heard of Norm Stamper? He was the former police chief of Seattle. In Seattle, right. And, uh, and uh, it was in San Diego as well. Yeah, exactly. Good. I'm glad you know of him. So I was asking this guy, Peter, after I told him I'd started reading the book and loved it so much, he said, yeah, he had to leave the country to uh, keep from being killed by other cops who were mad at him for for exposing them. <laughs> so he, he was retired living in... Uh, uh, the Puget Sound area on an island, I believe, and he had to he had to leave to save his life. I think he's in Costa Rica or someplace. Well, we don't need to know, <laughs> you know, because I want to protect him. You know, you're talking about something that is very important, and having worked for the city, having worked very closely, you know, I've worked in public safety for over 20 years, and. Um, some things that is hard for people to grasp but is that there are lots of kind-hearted compassionate thinking that they're clear-eyed and and have seen everything people who step into policing with the idea that they really do want to protect and serve and they are in danger because the culture needs to change before 
any good officer can survive in a system like that. There are, are yeah. police officers I've worked with that I would give my life for, and there's some that would give their life for me, and there's others, well, you know, yeah. we, we know, because that's what, that's what Norm Stamper said. They are not good people. There are some. I, uh, I went to Powell's recently bookstore mm-hmm. and ended up buying a uh, hat that says, Fight Evil, Read Books. Well, it should say, Fight Evil, Read Good Books, because there's certainly a lot of uh, worthless books and movies, and, yeah. and those worthless ones <laughs> are influencing our culture in bad ways. Yes, indeed. So anyway, yeah, uh, a lot of people just don't have time or don't take the time to to read good books um, or um, pursue the good stuff. Uh, here's what Yogananda said, who came to America in 1920. He he repeatedly called this uh, modern world an incurious generation. So that's part of our problem. We we're curious about the wrong things, and and it's kind of sad. Um, I'm not saying we, but I'm saying lots of people. All right. Yes. Thank you so much um, for your calling and for recommending that book, um, Breaking Ranks. Yeah, uh, it's so good. Thank you. Excellent, excellent. Um, Michael Harriet, who is a a writer. Um, Somebody we tried to get on this show before. <laughs> right. Uh-huh. He recently wrote, Tyree Nichol was killed by black college-educated cops mm-hmm. who received extra training and passed required psychological exams. Mm-hmm. How's that? Quote, we don't need to, to defund the police. We just need a better trained, more educated, more diverse police force thing working out. Hmm. I, I'm going to respectfully disagree. It's not about training. And this is an argument that I have uh, as somebody who sits on a couple of committees and has worked in public safety. Well, like I said, it's, it's going on quite a while now. Um, it's, you could have well-trained officers, but if their attitude, if their heart is not right, what good is training? You have a well-trained sociopath it's not that they don't get training it's where's their heart and that's part of the process that that we want to activate that weeding out of people I've I sat on hiring committees and you know I know what happened when I was in those hiring committees we looked at people's attitude and we said "Mm, got some training but no I don't know about that head you know well i i want to ask you a little bit about that because mm-hmm. because i i think that what i get from um mr harris's statement is that um there is something more than just um training and education that's needed there's something about the culture that needs to shift yes and one you know people can say well it's only a few bad apples well if 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 the barrel is rotten to the core, I I think we might have to ask, well, what needs to change, and what is it about the environment that enables, encourage, force even um, those who are good-hearted, good intentions, um, to do such just horrible, horrible things, and this doesn't. You know, it's not solely talking about uh, policing in America. It's talking about any time uh, people are in in a group. There's certain actions that happens that overwhelms you know individuals who you know are very nice to their mother and and like to give their children ice cream. Well, like to give strangers children ice cream without anything. Right. You know, um, I I want to I want to. Um, trying to hold a couple of thoughts in here and I need to let one of them go. I'm going to let one go and try to focus on what you said and I'll, I'll come back to that. Um, I was having a conversation with my good friend Mount last night in preparation for this and just kind of decompressing. And a, the title of a book, Lord of the Flies, came up. Mm-hmm. 
And I think sometimes we put way too much weight and hope in human nature because you had a group of, of, of individuals in the book. And if you've never read The Lord of the Flies, to basically kind of sum it up quickly. Well, isn't it, that sort of like required reading in junior high school? Uh, this is America. I'm sorry. I was talking to I was talking to one of one of my relatives recently, and, and they they mentioned how they had to read that book in school. So. Uh, yeah. Okay. And what age are they? I um, guarantee you, they're older than thirty, aren't they? No, they're they're well. No, Tati's just in high school. Oh, really? So, yeah. Okay, well, this must be in New York only. They haven't got, because if it's Florida, they won't even teach you math. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so, I, you know, <laughs> and all the teachers out there, I'm not talking about y'all now. You know what I mean. Okay, they don't, they don't but, teach woke math in Florida. You know, hey, I don't even know what woke math is. <laughs> is that when you finally do figure out that two plus two really is four? <laughs> you know, I don't know. But first, I, you know, I want to say that we if you introduce. Well, no, I didn't explain what Lord of the Flies was, right. just in case somebody hasn't read the book before. But a group of boys, uh, they become um, lost and isolated in an area where there there's no adult supervision and they're left to their own devices. And these Highly educated young schoolboys devolve into a mob, a tribal mob, wherein they torture and mistreat each other. Any idea of governance and, and, and human decency is just lost. And so um, when, you, when you think about how people are exposed to certain situations, there, there is a certain weakness in just about all of us where given the wrong conditions, we will devolve. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, that's one of the issues. And that's, that's not saying that the barrel isn't spoiled. I'm not saying that at all. I am not by any means saying that. I'm just looking at human nature and realizing that there is a certain, there is a large capacity for human beings' cruelness to each other. Mm -hmm. Yes, and and we have to look at how to overcome that and how to build past that, um, and so with that in mind, you know, I I would say it's by it's by some of the measures that both uh, Delray McKeeson uh, did. I mention that we had him on the show before. <laughs> we had him in in these in these hallowed. Uh, halls and studios of Kabu. But as he was saying, you know, dealing with accountability, dealing with um, uh, training, but dealing also with uh, the psychological makeup of people and, and keeping monitoring uh, um, processes in place, making sure that they're in place. And one of the things he talked about was qualified immunity. And one of the mm. things I think a lot of people don't understand is that may be a combination of the municipality you live in, uh, uh, um, legis uh, not legislative, in indemnification process. Mm. And it also may be the effort of a police union. And both entities need to be highly scrutinized by the public. Any municipality that refuses to cover the actions of its employees while they are in service is suspect because it, it, it exists in kind of a parasitic state and that it takes from the residents of its area, but it does not protect them. It does not serve them. It does not look after its well-being. And, you know, and I would say that I am a union person, you know, have been a union member, <laughs> even though unions can do wrong. We all know that. But one thing I will say is you have to scrutinize an organization like some of these police unions in the nation that serve to protect their constituents from the people 
that their constituents are supposed to serve and protect. And they serve as a barrier um, for accountability. And, and, and those, need, those things need to be scrutinized, you know. And, and we need to have precise language to make sure we hold each one accountable in the ways in which they should be serving and protecting us. You're listening to More Talk Radio with Celeste and Cecil. Our numbers are 503-231-8187. If you have some thoughts, some reflections on the events in Memphis or issues around policing, um, give us a call, 503-231-8187, and share your thoughts, your wisdom, your inspiration, your insights, and we'll... And we'll have our guest on in roughly six minutes or so to talk about the ways we as as Portlanders can hopefully turn the tide and do some of the work that was mentioned uh, in the last segment of Democracy Now! So, um, uh, what what are your thoughts then, Cecil, on, on how people can be engaged with this without being overcome, overwhelmed. Right. I, I think for 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 me, and I don't want to get too woo-woo, mm-hmm. but I think for me, in times like this, these, I have relied on on the wisdom and the inspiration of our ancestors. Mm-hmm. Um, recognizing that uh, in spite of the challenges we face today, the brutality of an unjust system, that people have always resisted, have found the fortitude to uh, stand, or not stand, the fortitude to maintain their integrity and to continue to work for a a better, different world. It's not that it isn't easy, that it is easy, or that it is simple, but for me at least, it's sort of like I listen and say, well, what was it about? And you can fill in the blank uh, for those... In, in your family or your community or people um, in history that inspire you. And today, January 30th, is the 75th anniversary of, of, of Gandhi's assassination. Um, but who, what I get is strength and wisdom from those who are able to um, give us insight and inspiration and also those all around. You know, there are so many incredible people and communities who are doing such wonderful works that maybe we will not be here about. But I think that there are people and communities who continue to resist, who continue to build, and who continue to um, say that, nevertheless, we we will survive. I believe uh, even though it's not directly related to what we're talking about, I'm going to roll with Maya Angelou with Still I Rise. <laughs> you know, I'm going to broaden her, her perspective and say, you know, slings and arrows from the world at large and say Still I Rise and look at it that way. Um, you are listening to your Community Connection, KBOO Portland. This is More Talk Radio. I'm here with Cecil Prescott. I'm Celeste Carey. Um, Momentarily, we will be speaking with uh, Marlon Marion, who is um, the, um, um, who works with the Police Bureau's Office of, um, come on, brain, I hate this. (laughs) The Police equity? Yes, thank you. I, I kept losing my words. Equity and inclusion. 
And so is the author, uh, well, not the sole author, but an author of the Police Bureau's Racial Equity Plan. Um, and as I said, we there's no way we could have known that it was going to converge like this. And I do want to ask people to remember that this work happened, this work was going on before even the incidents surrounding um, Tyree Nichols occurred and especially before the release of the footage. So we're we're not we're, we're not able to address that. And even though it is something that needs to be addressed, we're not able to address that today. What we do want, however, is for people to look at this as an opportunity to do the very things that uh Delray McKeeson was speaking of in terms of redesigning the way the policing in your specific municipality uh, for right now, right here, it's Portland, Oregon, how it works. And to make sure that there are mechanisms for accountability and for um, uh, a, a ability to address wrongdoings. So he'll be calling here momentarily and talk about the the plan. Now, if you're by a computer or you have a smartphone or something, you can do a internet search and use this title, Police Bureau Racial Equity Plan 2023 Portland, Oregon. And you should have it come up. Okay, and it should take you to uh, portland.gov uh, slash police. And that way you will be able to see this plan. We don't expect people to know anything about it. As a matter of fact, that's why we were doing this show again to promote awareness of it because it didn't get the, the, the last meeting that occurred um, which was on January 24th did not have a lot of attendees and I believe there was a capacity to a capacity to do it both online and in person. We want to get the public engaged because that's the tool we have right now so that here in Portland we can avoid having these situations traumatize um, not just not just the, the immediate residents of, of Portland, but the world, you know. And so the effort was put in, as I said, before this happened. It's an unfortunate convergence. But what we want to do is talk about solutions, what we can do. And I'm, I'm going to say this. I know this is not necessarily the only solution. It most certainly may not be the best solution, but it is the solution that presents itself right now. So let's use this tool to open up dialogue, create systems um, that um, allow and train and hold accountable um, members of our community when they seek to serve and protect. Uh, Marlon, are you here with us? Yes, I am. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing all right, to be honest with you, considering all that's been taking place over the last few days. Um, I'm doing my best to to just show up. Well, I, I appreciate you showing up. Uh, for those who maybe have turned in late and or don't know, can you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do for the city of Portland? Absolutely. Um, so my name is Marlon Marion. Um, I'm the Equity and Inclusion Manager for the Portland Police Bureau. Um, been doing some work for them since 2019. Um, I initially came in to be an analyst, and shortly after that, um, I stepped into the role as interim manager, equity manager, and then I've been the equity manager since the beginning of 2020. And um, so our office has been in existence for a while. Um, we had a great equity manager before, and um, she helped groom me um, shortly when I got in here, and then I've been taking the will ever since. So um, she started a five-year racial equity plan um, uh, that we just brought to completion um, this September, or this July, and um, 
and we just had our last retreat for it to discuss what we were able to accomplish from that five-year racial equity plan and we're in the process of developing the new racial equity plan for the bureau Um, so we're excited to be able to get as much done that we could get based off the plan that was put here initially Um, but we know that there's still lots more work to be done so we are in the process of developing another five-year racial equity plan with the rest of the bureaus in the city and um and we want as much community input as possible in shaping that. So um, just so people can understand a little bit, um, first, you're not a you're not an officer and you're not a sworn officer. Is that correct? That is correct. I'm a I'm one of the few non-sworn members in the bureau. We actually have quite a few um, non-sworn members within the bureau. But I'm one of the few that's in the chief's office. I report directly to the chief um, that's a non-sworn member. And um, so I try to bring that, uh, a non-sworn perspective on the work that we're doing within the Bureau. Okay. And then just briefly, what does the Police Equity and Inclusion Office do? Is it an internal-facing organization? Is it a public-facing organization? Is it a hybrid? So people can understand what that means to them when they hear somebody say police equity and inclusion office. Yeah, so we're very similar to all the other offices, the other equity and inclusion manager offices, except we're for um, for police. And the bulk of our work comes out of the plan that we're developing right now, which is the racial equity plan. But we have a number of different initiatives that, we, that we're running within within the Bureau. Um, We call it a racial equity plan, but it focuses on a lot of different identities, and it goes both internal and external um, to your question. So we try to develop initiatives and work on initiatives that impact community externally, and we also try to work on things that are impacting our members internally as well. So it impacts both. And so in the development of our plan, you'll see things that talk about, oh, yeah, we need to work on workforce diversity. So that's more internal. And then we have uh, different sections that talk about we want to work more on community engagement and what that looks like. So that's more external as well. And um, we're trying to figure out what the community think is going to be most high impact and what they want us to be focusing our energy on moving forward. Um, We're still moving forward with some of the items that we weren't able to completely finish from the last plan, but we're still um, working on stuff within the new plan, like building the new plan. Um, we're excited about that as well. So it touches both internal and external. So we need both internal and external input on what the plan will look like moving forward. Um, thank you so much. Um, so could you, um, Mr. Marin, could you um, tell us um, what it is that you would like the the public to be involved in coming up and how might we better engage in, in this um, opportunity? Well, absolutely. Um, I'll probably share um, the link um, with you, Celeste, later on so that you guys can p- post it somewhere for someone to be there. But we're having a information session um, this Wednesday at, from 6 to 7 to learn more about what the items are within the current um, plan that we've been developing. We have a police equity advisory council which is made up of um, a diverse group of individuals within the community. And they've helped develop the commitments that we have agreed to move forward on up to this point. Um, but we need a larger body, a larger community input on this. So we would love for the community to look at it, to give us their um, honest opinion about whether or not they agree with it. And they can feel, once they get the link, they can go on there and be like, you know what, I don't agree with this. Or, you know what, I think you should modify this to say this. Or, you know what, we didn't notice that this identity wasn't accounted for. The experience of this particular group isn't accounted for. Can you make sure that this is included and give us input on what they think needs to be focused on? Or he's like, you know what, we noticed that you're putting a lot of energy on community engagement but it doesn't really talk to, like, you only have one item that speaks to gun violence. Can you talk about what you're going to be doing to, to, to reduce gun violence within Portland? So what is, whatever they want us to be focusing on, whatever they think we need to be prioritizing, we would love for them to let, them to do, to let us know that. But in addition to that, we also want to be honest and transparent that we may get a lot of ideas and we may not be able to implement all of them. So either way, we'll be giving, um, following up with the community to let them know what we're able to move forward with and what we're not able to move forward with. You're listening to more talk radio here on your community radio station, KBOO.FM. We are speaking with Mr. Marlon Marion, uh, who is the, okay, I know I'm going to get it wrong. <laughs> the, the, okay, Celeste. Well, no, I was going to let you do a director, <laughs> director of the police, Port- Portland Police Bureau's Office of Diversity. Not, I messed it up. Doggone it. Equity and Inclusion. There we go. 
my my brain is a little soft today y'all unless and like i said earlier you know we there's only so much trauma a human being can absorb and stay functional uh and that's one reason why we're trying to direct the conversation as it is today now if you have questions about how you can be involved uh please do call in the number is 503-231-8187 um and and uh we will post this i'm trying to send an email to cecil now because he's he's the one despite me being his tech man he he posts stuff for us uh, but um there is a public meeting coming up now um I want to talk about the ways people can attend. I, I know there is a Zoom link, but isn't there also the capacity for people to be there in person? Um, not, not at this time. There's not um, a capacity for someone to be in person. It's something that we can. Oh, just right now Zoom. Okay. Right now it's just Zoom, and um, and they don't have to attend the session if they want to. They can just go online and look at the link and put their input in. They can read the documents and then write their thoughts on what they think we should be doing or not doing. And I can share all those links with you, um, Celeste. Um, maybe you all can post it on your website. But if not, um, if you follow um, if you follow our PBB Twitter, um, they've posted it on there as well. And you can just go in there, and it'll show you all the information that you need to to know there to get involved and give us input as well. Okay, great. That's great. Um, and I would love to uh, um, before as well. Like I'm, I plan on taking notes during the space, but in case. Some of you all aren't able to get to this. I would just love to know, like, what do you think we should be prioritizing, whether or not you read the document or not? We'd love to hear your thoughts, Celeste. We'd love to hear any of, any, any of your guests or your thoughts on what you think we should be including, just based off of what you know about Portland Police in general and the community. Well, I, I, I hope to be attending the, the session. And, you know, just as full disclosure, um, um, I'll be attending as a private citizen, but I'll also be attending as the current uh, co-chair of the uh, Portland Committee on Community Engaged Policing. I was appointed to that committee by Mayor Wheeler back in, I believe it was May of 2021, and um, and serving on there. And I, at one point, was the chair taking over from Marcia Perez, who did excellent work. I became the chair of the racial equity subcommittee and then Marlon and I worked together um, putting together some information to help demystify uh, traffic stops by police uh, data that is collected so that people could understand what stops data was all about so I'm all about trying to not only um, increase community involvement but also demystify processes so that people can have encounters with police and have a lot more um, confidence in their ability to communicate clearly and to uh, know their rights and to know how a, a, an encounter should proceed and, and be able to um, um, engage and feel like they're heard and they're safe you know yeah um so um just because we we we're just trying to <laughs> tread lightly on this because of the way the situation has unfolded um in Memphis uh one of the things i wanted to do was uh, have you talk about what are some of the values of the plan? Because I know there's probably somebody sitting out there thinking, uh, this is an exercise in futility. Why am I going to talk about or talk to the people about their system and they don't even uphold their values and we don't know if it's going to go into an echo chamber or the round file? You know, but what what is what are the values of this plan that you're trying to move ahead? Um, there's a number of values that we're using, and so we're using the the city core values, and then we're also using our 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 main focus is within the bureau as well. So the the city core values that we are um, trying to make sure and make sure inform our plan are transparency, accountability focus and flexibility and um and particularly what i think we need in this plan based off of what we learned from our last our last plan is um the flexibility and then lastly we want effectiveness 
Mm-hmm. Um, we know that we need flexibility um, because last time we had a plan and it was locked in and it was hard for us mm-hmm. to adjust it. So we were working on things that we don't know if they were as relevant as they were when they were initially put into the plan. So we're making commitments this time. So our commitments are around um, crime prevention, community engagement, and um, and organize, organizational excellence. And then under each one of those um, commitments, we have some of the um, some of the commit uh, some sub commitments that we're saying that we're going to do to um, move the, move those items forward. So, for example, we have the Bureau, um, the Portland Police Bureau will incorporate and expand efforts towards the integration of restorative justice into the criminal justice system. And then there's a number of other items under um, crime prevention and reduction. And then we have a number of items under community engagement and inclusion, saying what we're going to do in those areas. And then we have a number of items under our organizational excellence. And um, the bulk of the items that are in this plan are stuff that came from the community community. already we just need more community input um, on it so for example under the community engagement we have the portland police bureau will continue to engage in community relationship building activities and programs we also have the portland police bureau will exceed its title six and title two requirements and for organizational excellence we for example one of the this is just an example of the ones that i'm reading out of the out of the, uh, the draft that we have so far the portland police bureau um, will dedicate staffs time and resources to best support equitable outcomes and so each one of the years for the five years um, the community can help us develop what items we need to be focusing on that year for that particular section of the plan so in case we're working on something and we realize we've started implementing this particular initiative to achieve this particular goal, but we realized as we were doing it, it wasn't having the impact that we wanted to, we have the opportunity, to, the flexibility to change our initiative and our approach. And it gives us the opportunity to get the community to give us input all throughout the year. So last, the last five-year equity plan, we had an equity retreat every year. And that was an opportunity for community to let us know where they thought we were at. We can give an update on where we are, where we were at, and they would give us, um, like, oh, you should prioritize this for the year. And so we're planning on doing similar this with this plan. Every year we'll have our equity retreat giving an update to the community about where we are and achieving the, pl- the goals within the plans. But in addition to that, what we started doing within the last year is also per- provide a monthly update on where we are on the particular items for that particular year. So things like, you know what, um, the training division has agreed to work on this particular initiative to embed these kind of um, trainings that account for equity and inclusion and bias and stuff like that. Or the, the policy team is saying they're agreeing to work on this particular initiative. Every month they'll be able to give you an update from our, we'll give a monthly update on where the leads are within the Bureau on accomplishing their goals within the plan. So we were able to do that last time um, within the last year, and we're hoping to continue to do that moving forward for the for the years coming up. So you'll be able to get a monthly update on where we are on achieving these goals. In addition to that, in our annual, at the, at the annual equity retreat, you'll have an opportunity <laughs> to help us determine what we need to focus on for the year coming up. Thank you so much, and I want to... Um, Put in a suggestion uh, for for those for for the community um, that I had a chance to look over um, um, this racial equity plan, and it's 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 you can it's e- easily it can be easily read and, and understood. So um, thank you so much, and thank you for for the work that you're doing. Um, before we go to our caller, I, I, I would like you to share just a little bit about um, why you are involved in this work and what keeps you motivated. I know that, you know, in times like this, it must be really difficult. Um, what what inspires you and what keeps you going, Mr. Marlon? Um, I, I feel like a number of things inspire me. Um, I feel like my past my and my experiences with law enforcement historically have shaped the way in which I perceive law enforcement. But I also feel like I've been getting motivated by my experiences within working within the Bureau as well. Um, I, feel, um, I feel like there's a lot of work that needs to be done, but I also feel like the Bureau is also doing a lot of work. And I feel like they're in a place where they're receptive to a lot of the things that I'm able to bring to the table. Uh, some of the things I'm not able to move forward with immediately, but I do feel like I'm in a place where I feel like the Bureau is supporting me in a way that I just feel like, I feel like is needed. <laughs> I was just like, yes, you're making, the, you're making the right investments. 
Um, when I first came into here, um, when I first came into the bureau, um, it was just a two team, two person team. Um, it was me and then an equity program specialist. And since that time, we've gotten an equity training specialist that like reviews all the lesson plans and like uh, making sure creating equity trainings and making sure that we're embedding like making equity considerations throughout all of our trainings, going through all the scenarios, sitting in all the trainings, making sure that there's no bias or unintended bias being taught and making sure that we're just accounting for a number of things in our trainings right now. We also they've also got us um, an analyst who will be able to do some of the stuff that we're mentioning in the equity plan already, the draft where they're like, we'd be able to start sifting through the data and identifying disparities and then coming up with ways to address those disparities. And then we have our ADA requirements as well. So the Bureau is also in a place where they just supported and um, got um, funding um, approved to get me an ADA specialist. So like the team is growing and they're giving me the resources that I need. The other thing is that also just shapes my experience and what motivates me is my experience as a black male and my experiences with law enforcement. I've had a gun pulled out on me by an officer both here in Portland and in um, Louisiana. And those experiences are, were frightening experiences, particularly, particularly the one in Louisiana. Um, but I just feel like those kind of experiences, I was just like, I don't want, <laughs> I want to be able to show them this work so that nobody ha- has to have those experiences. So, um, yeah, I just, I'm, I'm passionate about what I do. I love what I'm doing. Uh, I plan on doing it until I'm ineffective and I'll pass the baton to whoever is ready to step into the place. Well, thank you, thank you so much for for what you are doing and for for your integrity, and uh, being able to do this important work. Let's go to uh, a caller uh, who has some some thoughts or, or questions for you, uh, yes. Francis. Good, good morning, morning, Francis. Hi, I uh, appreciate you having this conversation this morning after. Yet another tragedy, which is heartbreaking in so many, many ways. I, and your last question, your last statement, I forget your guest's name. I appreciate what he said, because that kind of answered some of my own questions. But I just wanted to know, in this equity plan, that sounds like it's going to include, it has plans for future planning, if there's any specific, and it sounds like maybe you did say that just now, Um, ideas that are, I'm going to read it, but any ideas that address those incidents and how they are handled, such as the ones you mentioned you had experienced, is there any um, plans on how to address those, how the police actually interact with our young people in our community yes um in the community it it kind of speaks to some of all of those things um it doesn't it doesn't go into details about how we're going to address um how we're going to um work on those achieve on those commitments but it does speak to those things so we do have something in there that talks about building our relationship with youth we do have something in there to make sure that like we're going to make sure that how they're planning to do that it doesn't say how because we, that's where we want the flexibility in the plan. So right now, we just want to know, do you agree with these commitments? And once you agree with these commitments, we'll, then we'll ask you, do you agree with the way in which okay. we want to address that? So this that? is kind so, of a plan for a future plan. Exactly. We want to make sure that we're keeping okay. the community involved in every step of the way. So we want to make sure that for our plan, we just want to make sure that we're continuously um, working on what we believe we need to be working on and then bringing it back to the community to make sure that we're moving in the direction in which they want us to be moving. Right. And so I appreciate that you are doing that. I just think that some people are tired of waiting. That's, That's all true. I'm going to say thank right Thank you, now. Francis. And thank mm-hmm. you, guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And before, we've only got a couple of minutes. Oops, we've only got a couple of couple of minutes here and so briefly um um can you tell us what the website is so that people can go see the site read the plan and submit their um input yes um let me read that out to you it's kind of long and i'll put it on the i'll send it to you via text as well okay um but you're going to go to www.portland.gov slash police slash divisions slash police and then it's a dash racial dash equity dash plan 
dash 2023 to dash 2028. It's a lot. That's why I'm I'm going to share the link with you, um, uh, uh, Celeste. And if you, if you, if KBOO's website can post it, that'd be great. Or their social media, that'd be great. And then if not, the easiest way for people to get this information is just to go ahead and go onto PPB's Twitter. And um, it's not that many posts behind to see where it's, it gives. It has a link and everything that you need to get to the information. Now, I can tell you also, one of the short ways is to just go to a search engine and put Portland Police Bureau Racial Equity Plan 2023-2028. And that will bring up links that you can click on. One of them will take you right to www.portland.gov. And then you can find it from there. So, um... Again, uh, we want people to be involved. This may not be a perfect tool, but it is a tool that we have right now. Let us use it. The more people show up and comment on it, even if you don't go to the meeting, but if you comment on it and give your sincere, critical input, helpful, solution-oriented input, you know, we can we can do what we can, you know. Um there was one other thing the meeting tell us a little br- briefly about the meeting before we got to go the, the meeting that we're going to have is again it's going to be on wednesday from six to seven and it's basically just going to be informational on talking about what the plan is why we have it so you can act in an opportunity to ask any questions that you may have and then um um, if you don't get a chance to read that, we would prefer if you have read the document before. But if you haven't, we'll still be taking notes and using that as an opportunity to help inform what we um, do with the plan moving forward. All so right. Way, we just Thank want your you. Input. Thank you, Marlon. This has been More Talk Radio on your Community Connection KBOO Portland. Stay tuned for the Old Mole Variety Hour. You're listening to KBOO Portland. 90.7 FM Community Radio. KBU Community Radio is a proud co-sponsor of the 33rd annual Cascade Festival of African Films starting Friday, February